The following audio is from Delta Church in Springfield, Illinois. Our purpose is to proclaim the gospel through the church to a world that needs Jesus Christ. We pray this sermon will aid and encourage your daily walk with Jesus. For more information about Delta, you can visit us online at deltachurch.net. Merry Christmas to you this morning. Merry Christmas. Good to see you guys. Uh, We are going to read from our scripture this morning um, from two chapter threes. In other words, from Genesis chapter three and John chapter three. So if you want to uh, grab the Bible that's in front of you, you can dial it up on your phone um, or in the copy of scripture you brought with you. Uh, We are going to read Genesis chapter three, verses eight through 15. And then we'll jump forward to probably one of the most famous verses found in the Bible, John chapter 3, verse 16. So Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 through 15, and then John chapter 3, verse 16. And my hope is that you will see a direct connection, and this is what we're just going to concentrate on this morning, is a direct connection between verse 15 of Genesis 3 and verse 16 of John chapter 3. That's what we're going to celebrate this morning uh, on this Christmas day. So these are God's word to us. Listen to what he has to say to us. Genesis 3, starting in verse 8. And they, the they there is referring to Adam and Eve, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? Verse 10, and he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? Verse 12, the man said, the woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me the fruit of the tree and I ate. And the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent deceived me and I ate. So the Lord God said to the serpent, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat all the days of your life. Notice verse 15 here. And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. And then if you turn over to John 3, verse 16... Or you might even just have this memorized. Again, probably one of the most famous verses found in the Bible. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have what? Eternal life. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. I have a question for you. All the children in the house, who here has already opened up their Christmas gifts? Raise of hands. Who, like our children, are very slooped over right now because they have not opened up their Christmas gifts yet? All right, our kids and some of the the Hartman and the DeFreeses. Okay, excellent. So we're not in the the sole minority, but we're definitely in the minority. So question for you guys. Shout out, those of you who've opened up your gifts this morning, what is one gift that you opened up that you absolutely loved? Like just sort of raise your hand and just say it out loud. What is it? 
Xbox Gamecast, beautiful. What else? Just say it out loud. Carhartt jacket. Carhartt jacket. Yes, this could be for the kids at heart as well, as Charles has just shown us. So what is something else? Yeah. Did you enjoy opening it up? Yes, I love it. Who else? Come on. Nintendo Switch. Nice. What else? All the way back there in the back. You. Right there. You in the green shirt. All the way in the back. That's you. Say it again. A clock? I love it. What else? Go ahead. Say it out loud. Nice. Legos. Ooh, Rubik's Cube. That is very nice. Anyone else? What else did you open up? Go for it, Walter. What is it, bud? Number blocks. Excellent. All the way. Go for it, young lady. Yeah. Doll. Ooh, I love it. Gifts. We've received them. Some of us are about to receive them here in a little bit. I want you to grasp this idea of Christmas gifts that you've received today or about to receive today, and the idea that you knew Christmas gifts were coming, all right? Because what we're going to do is on the next several minutes, we're going to hang on this main idea that Jesus is God's promised gift to me. And I want you to insert your name there where it says me. Jesus is God's promised gift to Jonathan. Jesus is God's promised gift to Brian. Jesus is God's promised gift to insert your name. That's what I want you to see as we're going to connect together Genesis chapter 3 and John chapter 3, okay? So I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to see what God has to say to us through his word, all right? So let's pray. Father, would you give me the ability to speak your word clearly? And would you grant the good gift this morning of opening our eyes to see our need for Jesus and the salvation found in him, the ultimate good gift? Would you open our minds to understand the connection between Genesis 3 and John chapter 3? Father, we're asking you to do this because you are the good father who loves to give good gifts. And we are banking on the promise that when we pray according to your will, we have the promise that we will receive. Lord, thank you. It's in the name of Jesus I pray. Amen. One of my favorite Christmas texts is, pro- is found in probably one of the most unlikeliest of places, Genesis chapter 3 right here that we just read before us. And I say that this is probably one of the most unlikeliest of places to think about Christmas is because this chapter, Genesis chapter 3, is most famously known as the chapter, the place where Adam and Eve, we learn about their sin against God and how their sin, their rebellion against God, completely dumped the world upside down, severed their relationship from God, and how everything went topsy-turvy as a result of their sin against God. If you remember, in the chapters leading up to Genesis chapter 3, we learned that Adam and Eve were created by God, and they were created with a purpose. They were created to live with God in the garden, 
They were created to rule as his king and queen over God's creation. But now Adam and Eve would be sent out of the garden as the consequence of the rebellion against God. That's typically what people will think of when you go to Genesis chapter 3. But as I drew your attention, there in verse 15, right smack dab in the middle of Genesis 3, then the telling of the story of how sin enters into God's world and his creation, I would also argue that this chapter is the place where we catch the first hint, the first aroma of Christmas. That one day in the far off future, God was promising to his people that I have a gift that I'm going to give to you. And this is just not going to be any old gift, but it is going to be the gift of all gifts, the immeasurable gift, the gift that would surpass any and every gift that could ever possibly be given. You see, in my opinion, one of the best parts about Christmas is not only receiving the gifts like we've received this morning, but it's also the anticipation that leads up to Christmas morning where you get out of bed, some of us chipper, some of us not so chipper, some of us stumbling, some of us in our pajamas, some of us propping our eyelids open with toothpicks, some of us have been up since midnight. But the reason why there's this anticipation that builds up over the days leading to December 25th is because we know there's a gift coming. There's something that we are going to receive. As the presents pile up under the tree in the days leading up to Christmas, it's obvious that we don't have those gifts yet. They're not quite ours yet. But we do have the promise that if we wait patiently upon the gift giver, Christmas Day will come, and at the right time, we will receive the gifts. And then it's that idea right there that is the link between Genesis 3.15 and John 3.16. It's the link between Genesis and Christmas The idea of gifts promised and then one day gifts received. In Genesis 3, if you think about it, Adam and Eve are tempted by the serpent. They believe Satan's lie instead of God's truth. This sin is then exposed by God and in consequence, the Lord turns to the serpent in verse 14, the serpent who deceived Adam and Eve. And you hear these words from God to the serpent. Here's the consequence that's going to come. Verse 14, because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go. And dust you shall eat all the days of your life. But don't miss verse 15. Verse 15 is the Christmas-type language that's just buried there right in the middle of Genesis chapter 3. God continues to speak to the serpent as he rolls into verse 15, and he makes this promise of a future gift. He says, I will put enmity between you, serpent, and the woman, And between your offspring and hers, here's the promise. Here's the Christmas-type language that we see in Genesis 3.15. Here's the gift that I'm going to give. He's going to crush your head, and you are going to strike his heel. You see, Genesis 3.15 points to the promised gift of God's salvation. 
Sin has now entered in the world. Man and woman must be redeemed if they're ever going to get back to the garden. And so right here, Genesis 3.15, you see the first hint, the first whiff of the gospel gift. This is the first intimation from God that there's a gift coming. It's good news. And what was once lost will once again be able to be found because I'm going to gift it to you. That is the language of Christmas. Genesis 3.15, in this verse, we receive heaven's pledge, heaven's promise, that in God's perfect timing, there would be a first Christmas day to come. A day when the promised gift of Eve's far, 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 far off grandson would come, crush the serpent, and undo the effects of sin and death. Go to that next picture for me there, uh, Judah. I don't know if you've seen this picture. This picture makes its rounds every so often around Christmas time if you're on social media. And this picture right here is probably one of my most favorite of images because what you have here in picture form is the connection of Genesis 3.15 and John 3.16. So if you notice on the left-hand side of the picture, you have a depiction of Eve. She's holding the fruit in her hand. It's the sign that she has bitten into Satan's lie. She has rebelled against God's truth. And you sort of see her eyes cast down somewhat in shame, somewhat in guilt. If you notice around her feet, the serpent has entangled her. She has gone the path of rebellion, and that rebellion has brought brokenness. But if you notice, her eyes are not only cast down in shame and in guilt, but they're also cast forward to the womb of Mary. There is coming a woman, and that woman will have some offspring, and that first offspring of her womb will be this one who's going to crush the head of the serpent. And that's what you see Mary's foot in that image is crushing the head of the serpent. Why? Because the, the, the child in her womb is going to be the one that fulfills this Genesis 3.15 promise. The baby in Mary's womb is the ultimate Christmas gift. This picture, in my opinion, perfectly depicts the anticipation and then the fulfillment of God's greatest gift. That the Bethlehem baby, born of the Virgin Mary is the promised snake crusher who appeared to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus is God's promised Genesis 3 gift. And we know this because of what John 3.16 tells us. God so loved the world, here's the Christmas language, that he gave. What did you guys do this morning if you've already opened up gifts? You have what? Given gifts to one another. You have received gifts. When you read the giving language of God as it relates to His Son, I'm wanting your mind to be able to make the direct connection. That's Christmas language. That's what's going on in John 3.16. God so loved the world that He gifted to us. He gave us His only Son. Why? So that whoever believes in Jesus Christ should not perish but have eternal life. So when you then begin to tune your ear to this give language, this Christmas language, what you begin to notice is the 
echoes of Christmas, you will hear it all over the place in the Bible. In the book of Romans, Paul tells us, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? The Apostle John reminds us in his first letter, In this is the love of God. It was made manifest among us that God sent, gave, gifted to us His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. The Genesis 3 Christmas gift. The Galatian Christians, they were also reminded by the Apostle Paul. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, gifted His Son, gave us His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. Why? So that sinners far from God could be saved by God and receive adoptions as sons and daughters into the family of God. So, you're going to head home. Very few of us are going to go home and open up gifts for the first time. A lot of us are going to go home and enjoy the gifts we've already anticipated, received, and now get to enjoy. Here's my hope for us. Allow these gifts to serve their ultimate purpose. Clocks, dolls, Nintendo Switches, Rubik's Cubes, Legos. Excellent gifts. Gifts from grandparents, parents, friends, family, who love you, but they are not the ultimate end. Receiving these gifts on Christmas Day are meant for you to do this. Receive the Legos and then cause you to lift your eyes to God who gave us his ultimate gift. Enjoy the good gift of friends, family, food, drink today that you spend with wherever you're going to spend, but recognize these things are meant to be mirrors that cause us to turn our eye to the ultimate substance, the ultimate gift, the Genesis 3 fulfillment Christmas gift, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So go home, laugh, have a lot of fun, build a lot of Legos, play with your toys to your heart's content, little ones. But remember... They were never meant to satisfy your soul. They were meant to be mere reflections of the ultimate gift, Jesus Christ, the only one who can ultimately satisfy your souls. Amen? I love you guys very, very much. Merry Christmas to you. We're going to pray. We're going to sing one more song, and then we'll get to go home and do these very things, okay? So let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love you. Thank you for being the ultimate gift, the, all caps, bolded, italicized, underlined, the Christmas gift we need. We need the salvation found in you. We need the redemption found in you. Thank you, thank you that you have made it possible for men, women, the Adams and Eves here far from God sin dead sinners to be made alive to find the free gift of eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord thank you for doing what had to be done so that we might freely receive the gift of salvation in you 
Jesus, with joyful hearts, with thankful hearts, your people said, amen.